TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. We take you now, ladies and gentlemen, to a Cuban immigrant, an individual who apparently feels as though the streets of America are paved with gold. Here is Razor Ramon. Ramon. Razor Ramon. I come from the gutter. I know that. I got no education. Who needs it? Look at me. Look at me. Look at the gold. Look at my clothes. I'm a success. I'm coming to the WWF. All I want is what I got coming to me. The world, chico. Everything in it. And welcome back to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and it's proudly part of the Chairshot Radio Network. I am Mags and joining me today, as always, um, Mr. Paul Talley. Paul, how are you? I'm good, yeah. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Yourself? <laughs> you felt It felt like you were indecisive about whether you were good then or not. A little, yeah, a little bit. It's always, it's, we'll talk about it. It's not, not been a great week for news, is it? Um, no, no, and uh, the elephant in the room, um, uh, for context, we record this on, on Tuesdays, um, and the the wrestling world was shocked and saddened uh, by uh, the untimely passing of, of Scott Hall, um, the Razor Ramon, the bad guy, however you knew him in the, the, the wrestling business, um, he made a massive, massive impact, uh, not only on wrestling in general, on me especially. He was uh, he was a huge part of my uh, love of wrestling growing up. Um, yeah, yeah, this this passing really really hit home for me because it 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 just shows that wrestlers are are human beings, uh, and we all know uh, about um, Scott Hall and his and his uh, inner demons. But that to me made him a more entertaining character because wrestling, when I got into wrestling, um, the, the talent were superheroes. They were larger than life. They were, they were eat, eat, eat your vitamins, say your prayers, all that stuff. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon felt like a, a real human being. Um, yeah, he was chiselled out of granite. He was six foot seven. He looked every inch a wrestler. But knowing that he had issues, it, it made me gravitate towards him more because he was a real person. You could see behind that facade of, of wrestling. Um, and I think I think a lot of people had that, that similar feeling with him. He was 
so charismatic, so likable, and so easy to relate to. So yeah, this was a um, um, a shock, and uh, yeah, I took this really hard as a wrestling fan. Normally, I'm very wizened and. Um, things like this don't tend to affect me a lot. This one has really affected me. It's it, it's kind of made me look at my own mortality, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's opened my eyes a little bit. But the, the fact is, the guy was the word legend gets thrown around too much for me. Um, but he was he was a legend. He was pivotal in wrestling becoming mainstream. Um, his his jump to WCW, it shook wrestling to its very, very core and started the most profitable, um, the the most watched era of wrestling that, that we've known. Uh, and without him doing that, wrestling would not be the same as it is now. Um, twice Hall of Famer, absolutely deserved. Um, yeah, I, I just... I'm still struggling to kind of comprehend uh, a wrestling world without Scott Hall in it. It just, yeah, it's it's going to take some getting over uh, for this. So, I mean, I know you weren't a wrestling fan when he was at the peak of his uh, of his of his career, but obviously you have felt the kind of effects that he had on the wrestling business. Uh, what what are your kind of uh, initial uh, thoughts on on Scott Hall? Yeah, I was, I was, I was a fan at his peak. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was never a WCW <laughs> that's watcher. Shot right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not, not that's the point that we're making now. But uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a WCW watcher. So obviously, kind of all of the NWO um, stuff, I'm, I've witnessed, kind of in, in retrospect. Mm-hmm. But um, I, th- I think you, you, absolutely hit the nail on the head there. He was, he was relatable, whilst also looking like. A god, um, which is quite a hard thing, hard thing mm-hmm. to, to to pull off. Um, you're absolutely right. When um, I mean, he was when he was Razor Ramon, he was massive, um, and and really, I'd, I'd say, I'd say he crossed over quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people knew who Razor Ramon was, which which I guess before became came on 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 the call like the the news is is big news in 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 newspapers on the bbc news website so you don't only the only the the top the upper echelon ever, ever make the news in that way so it just proves what an impact he had yeah. um he was probably yeah probably one of the one of the greatest ever to do it that gets thrown around a lot sometimes when when people just after people have passed by i genuinely think he was um the charisma the the look of him the the character absolutely everything um he was amazing and what's what's tragic for me is he he turned his life around um (laughs) so he did have his problems and he and 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 issues obviously but he, he he worked hard to turn his life around worked hard with um ddp helped him a lot didn't he um, so that's why it it now feels like quite a shock and quite a punch in the gut. Yeah, that that he's gone and he's gone so suddenly the way he did and yeah, quite quite horrifically really by the sound of it. Um, and today though, it's been it's been fantastic to see. I, I watched the um, the WWE package they put up of his greatest moments. I had a great 
uh, like it was nice watching that today, seeing all the all the photos and the videos fans have been sharing today. I think the, the stuff Kevin Nash has been saying, uh, uh, Sean Maltman has been saying. Yeah. Hulk, I think Hulk Hogan's um, was fantastic as well. Um, like him all over him, I think it was a lovely, lovely speech he gave. Uh, his his karaoke night. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a massive loss. It's it's it's, it's been horrible news, and uh, yeah, not not nice. Yeah, and I think for me the the. The, the lasting memory that I'll have of Scott Hall um, is just how fucking cool he was. Yeah. He, he, he was so just cool, just a cool guy. I mean, wrestling, when, when I first got into to wrestling, was not cool. It was quite a nerdy, niche product. But when Scott Hall and, and Kevin Nash came around, it was the cool thing. Everybody loved the NWO. Everybody loved Scott Hall. Everybody loved Kevin Nash. So that, for me, is his his legacy that he made wrestling cool, which is just huge, absolutely huge. So yeah, that was uh, just our thoughts, I suppose, on on the the very very sad and untimely death of of, of Scott Hall. Uh, our um, Thoughts and prayers are with his family, with his friends, with his his loved ones, and with anybody affected by by this uh, by this passing. Um, yeah, it's a it's a sad, sad loss. But we 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 move on. Um, hopefully, um, we can provide a little bit of comedy to kind of lighten the the load um, with our ridiculous uh, ridiculous. What if bookings? <laughs> well, I think what one of one of Scott Hall's greatest accolades people give to him is he was one of the greatest never to win the big one, mm-hmm. and it seems almost fitting that tonight we're talking about one of those other people. In fact, I think we did a a Badlands Mount Rushmore back in the day of wrestlers who never won the big one. I think both of these people, I think Scott Hall and Owen Hart, were both on that Mount Rushmore. So. They certainly were. Um, but before we get there, um, we had a little bit of feedback from last week's episode. Great uh, to get the feedback, isn't it? I love it. Yeah, it, it actually felt like really, really good. Um, Dan Griffin, absolute superstar. Uh, I've had the the pleasure of uh, of creating many a podcast with him. Um, yeah, he's 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 so so damn funny, so damn cool. Um, he's uh, he's essentially done. Um, a booking. So if you if you go back to last week's episode, we we uh, posed the question of what if the the major wrestling promotions um, created a supercard, uh, and Dan took a bit of offence to man um, because he he essentially called it a sausage fest. So I'll, I'll sausage I'll, fest, yeah. Yeah, I'll quote him verbatim. He said, uh, another cracking episode of Badlands Pod caught up on. Enjoyed both uh, both man and your cards very much. But to counter my sausage fest, he booked an all-women's multi-promotion Night of Champions showcase with every WWE, AEW, Impact and NWA women's title defended. Um, so he mentioned that and we said, we need to know. We need to know how you booked it. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. 
Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. So he, he, he put it he put it uh, out on Twitter. So I thought it'd be cool for us to to kind of go through it, maybe pick it apart, um, see what we thought, um, what we would change, things like that. Um, so he's laid out a few caveats before we start. He said um, he's taken current feuds into account wherever, wherever possible. Uh, he's assumed that WWE wouldn't let their women's singles titles be defended against non-WWE talent. Uh, but for my stupid uh, match idea, tag titles are fair game. Um, I love how we all um, set rules <laughs> rules for ourselves and, <laughs> and logic. <laughs> yeah, self-imposed. We had no reason to set these rules, but we did anyway. I think both of us last week said, well, Vince won't let us have Roman unless he wins. <laughs> so we, we both Even though it was our win. fantasy. <laughs> He's also said that there will be some favouritism for in, uh, Impact and NWA. Um, so let's get right into his card. Um, um, he's called it the the Women's Wrestling Night of Champions. Uh, and he's opened with the Black Jack Tag Gauntlet. So the WWE, the Knockouts, NWA and the NXT Women's Tag Titles are all on the line in a gauntlet match with a twist. If you beat any of the champions, you can have a stick or twist, which I think is a, a really cool idea, kind of a um, uh, a little uh, change on AEW's casino style matches. Um, yep. So he he goes into detail. If you if you stick, you leave the match and you take the belt. But if you twist, you defend them, uh, but forfeit the right to back out. Um, now reading that, it kind of doesn't make make sense. Because if you won the belts, instantly you would you would stick and take the belts and, and run away. But if you twist, you have to then defend those belts and then you can't run away. So and I think the a little bit of thought may be needed to go into that, but it's still a cool uh, cool twist on the standard uh, wrestling match. I feel like this one's gonna rumble on, I think. Dan's got right to reply on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will. Um, so he's gone with uh, Zelina Carmella from the WWE, the influence uh, from KO, uh, the knockouts, uh, Toxic Attraction from NXT, the Hex from uh, NWA uh, versus TJ versus Decay versus The Inspiration versus Bailey and Sasha. So some big, big hitters in that match. Yeah. So Dan goes on to ask us later what order we put the show in. I'm going to put it out here. This is a big, complicated match to open a show with. Mm-hmm. I would have opened yeah. second half with this. Uh, this, to me, feels very close to main event. Oof. With yeah. the, maybe not main event, maybe core main event, but uh, with the names in this match and with the way uh, it, it it covers all of the companies involved... This is a big match, so I don't think this is an opener. And like I said, um, it it does feel complex for an opener. You really want an opener to be punchy, to be fast-paced, to really get the energy going. This feels like more brain-taxing than it, than it could be, but I still love the idea of the match. Um, so he goes on to say the Hex would start, and they would get uh, quickly dispatched Toxic Attraction uh, to uh, become NWA and NXT champions. They twist... 
uh, and in their hubris, uh, and TJ come out, put up a fight, and are ultimately defeated. They twist again as they're on a roll. The inspiration come out, but Caleb with a K uh, cost them. Uh, the so the hex twist again. So the hex are going going to try and run run the full gauntlet uh, as Caleb lies uh, that the influence are, are next, but it's actually decay. Um, Decay steamroll uh, the, the knackered hex to take the NXT and NWA titles. Caleb's plan uh, backfires as the influence are actually next and they uh, also get trampled. Uh, so Decay are then NXT, NWA and knockouts tag team champions. So now I want to go back to my kind of a, um, criticism of the, of the title uh, stick or twist. It actually now does kind of make sense. Because you you stick with the titles that you have won, and then risk those titles for another set of titles. Ah, um, uh, yes. That so now make sense. it so now it actually does make sense. So uh, I I'll definitely uh, go back on on that criticism, Dan. It it, it really is uh, really is interesting now. Um, so decay twist uh, because they are fresh. Uh, Bailey and Sasha are out next, and they go to war with decay. Uh, absolute murder between the two teams, uh, but Bailey and Sasha win uh, the three lots of tag belts. You're not um, going to beat Sasha and Bailey coming in fresh, are you? No, absolutely no, not. I mean, no one's going to beat fresh Sasha and two, Bailey. Two of the four horsewomen, absolutely not. Uh, Zelina and Carmella are out next to to pick the bones, but Bailey and Sasha prevail to come out as quadruple champions. Um, after all that madness, so he's uh, essentially Bailey and Sasha have won all of the all of the marbles. They're the yeah. the the best tag team in the history of women's wrestling. So what happens from that point? Does Sasha and Bailey have to work every company and show? <laughs> Who knows? Who you've knows? Only, you've only got that before one night, then. <laughs> <laughs> Not made of money. So he goes, uh, after all that madness and chaos, something more traditional. He's got Camille defending the NWA World's Women's Championship against Hikari Shida. Oh, that's, that sounds like a dream match. It's a great um, match, that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a hard-fought match, but Camille retains. Next up is a fatal four-way for the AW TBS title. So I think that's the Jade Cargill uh, belt. Yep. This is uh, my favourite match. So he's got Jade Cargill versus Jordan Grace versus Nyla Rose versus Rhea Ripley. God damn. Imagine that. And, and, he, he and goes on to say it'll be the four-way version of Brock versus Goldberg, which I can actually imagine. Just just big, meaty women slapping big, meaty women. <laughs> That's absolute carnage. It's Ray Cash. And, yes. And, and this is something Dan didn't book a running from Mr. Ray Cash. Ray, how are you, sir? Titties on, titties on. That's what we're talking about. That's what I pop on and y'all are talking about. <laughs> it's it's almost like the, it threw out the bat signal for you. <laughs> they talking about titties. Let me get on that call. <laughs> Gentlemen, what's happening? Good to see y'all. Yeah, we, we're uh, just just going through uh, Dan Griffin's booking of uh, of last week's episode where we did the, the super card. Um... So we've op- he's opened with a a, um, a convoluted perhaps, but really interesting uh, uh, kind of a 
tag gauntlet where essentially all the women's titles are, are on the line. Uh, AEW, NXT, um, WWE, um, NWA, uh, the knockouts. Um, he's, he's booked Bailey and Sasha to win that uh, after what sounds like a, a grueling gauntlet match. Um, and he's just had Akari Shida challenge for Camille's NWA title. Um, Camille retains. So next we've got the, the, the TBS title. So he's got uh, Jay Cargill versus Jordan Grace versus Nyla Rose versus Rhea Ripley. God damn. Hoss on, hoss on, hoss on, hoss. Essentially, that's what he's put. He's put this will basically be the four-way version of Brock versus Goldberg. Absolute carnage. But Jade Cargill return, retains in the biggest win of her career. I, I mean, I would have booked Rhea Ripley to win that. But, I love me some Rhea, but Jade is a superstar. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, but it is fantasy booking. It's not going to happen. Um, this is true, and it's, this isn't our fantasy booking. So this is this is certainly Dan's fantasy booking. You can tell <laughs> this has got his stink all over it. So he's closing out the first half of the show with uh, Diana Perazzo's uh, Champ Champ Challenge for the uh, Ring of Honor and uh, AAA titles. There is only one challenger per title though: uh, Thunder Rosa for Ring of Honor and Mickey James for AAA. So I like the mix of that, uh, the way it kind of circumvents expectation you would think it'd be Thunder Rosa going for the AAA and Mickey James going for, for the ROH one but um, he hmm. doesn't um, why so, not hire? I don't know he didn't he didn't run his booking bios <laughs> he just went and did it um, so he goes on to say on screen authority figure Gail Kim makes it a two fall triple threat if Thunder Rosa gets a fall she wins the ROH title and then leaves the match. If Mickey James gets a fall, she wins the AAA title and leaves the match. But if Deanna gets a fall, she retains both titles. So that's a, an a interesting take. Um, so he has Thunder Rosa pinning Mickey James to take the, the ROH title. Uh, and then uh, he has Deanna... Um, Continuing that damage, severely beating Mickey James to retain her triple A title and also continue the, the Mickey James Deanna Parazzo feud because he, he has said that he wants to keep uh, current feuds in there as, as, as much as humanly possible. God bless him for watching Impact, though. <laughs> so mead. Um, so, next, opening the second half of the show, he's gone with an Ultimate X match for the Impact Knockouts title. He's gone for a match steals. before that. Well, have I missed one? He's uh, gone for a, a bit, bit of Britt Baker defending the AEW women's match title oh, against a free that, agent, Mia Yim. I didn't see that. Mm. What a big fun. He books Yim to win because he's bored of Baker. I, I, I cannot fault that. I, I absolutely stand Mia Yim. Uh, so anytime she wins a title is 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 fine with me. Um, so uh, after that, he does get we do get the ultimate X match. Uh, Tasha Steele's defending that Impact Knockouts title uh, against Naomi, against Io Shirai, Lady Frost, Ali Catch, and Martina. Now I'm assuming means his bear session moth. The moth definitely. 
size, an intense half-line match that ends with um, with uh, Tasha Steeles and Naomi farting over the towel and dropping it into the lap of Martina, who was passed out drunk. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, he says, earlier on in the match, after trading punches and parts with either catch, uh, that's the reason why she was drunk. Um, the title lands on her, wakes her up, and she's champion because everybody fancies Martina. That's that's so good booking. <laughs> Got to do it for the bands. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Love that. After, after that would have been my up- opener. I would have opened the show with that one. Really? Interesting. Yeah. The crowd would have been hard after that, though. But do you think that the session off with her drinking prowess would be pissed that early into a show. That's a, that's yeah. a fair point. You he he may have considered that. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's beer 30 somewhere, so... Yeah, I mean, she may have been on the session like, all day. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Just rocked up to the match level. <laughs> uh, so, after the insanity of the Ultimate X, he's got a palate cleanser. Uh, before the main event, a unification of the NXT and NXT UK uh, titles. Miko Satomura demolishes Mandy Rose in about five minutes to become champ champ. <laughs> I mean, that's four minutes and 30 seconds too long. I think Dan's giving away his feelings about Mandy Rose's NXT champion a bit there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as he stated, WWE didn't want their main titles defended against uh, non-WWE talent. So the main event is a WrestleMania showcase match between Charlotte and Becca and uh, Ronda Rousey and Bianca Belair. The heels can't coexist. Big times Becky fucks Charlotte over, uh, who ends up eating both finishers and sending the crowd home happy. So, yeah, so great, in, great main event. Initial thoughts on on his booking and his show. Um, Ray, what what do you think about uh, how he's booked this non-sausage fest? <laughs> First and foremost, I think he's a genius for thinking about the idea. We should have thought of that, number one. Um, it's a fun show, and those mm-hmm. type of shows are should be fun. Um, a little bummed, and you, would, you wouldn't expect this from the WWE guy, but a little bummed that we end with, you know, the, the Madison Square Garden tag team match, right? Like, it doesn't matter, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Seeing Miko's maybe the best wrestler in the world. Doesn't matter if she has a penis or a vagina. She's amazing. Um, yeah, Session Moth still in the show, like always. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. I wouldn't have given uh, Brit Mia as much as I okay. love Mia. I would have gave her somebody a little more high profile. Ooh. Yeah, and that's not a diss to Mia, but I mean, like, Mia hasn't been high profile for a while, and that's not her fault. But, like, this is not Jade in 2017. Yeah, yeah. I, that was, that was the that. first match after the intermission, so you want someone to pop the crowd, don't you? I don't think. Yeah, you would think, of, and again, Mia is dope. I love Mia Yim, but you would, for Brit? I mean, like, I don't know. I, I'm drawing a blank as who I would give her. I'm, Caitlin, Caitlin's a shout. Caitlin, yeah, definitely Caitlin. Long over you, Marie. Eva Marie. <laughs> we're we're bringing back old school people. Might as well bring back Rosa Mendez, right? Yeah. yeah um, I mean, <laughs> you could have put someone maybe like Raquel Gonzalez in there. That would have been a, a good shout. Or he uh, he brought back Gail for somebody. That would have been a Gail spot. 
imagine a shock for Gail to come back and go after Brit. Victoria. Ooh. Tara. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. So, yeah, your booking's terrible, Dan. How you doing? <laughs> in, no, seriously, though, I think it's a really well-booked show. Um, I probably would have switched around some of the matches. I do think that that opener maybe is a little bit complicated for an opening match. Um, but all in all, that's uh, it, it feels like a showcase of, of women's wrestling. And, and as I say, you can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. I've got to put the... I've got to put the uh... The Ripley, Nyla, Jordan, and uh, and and Jade match second to last. It's got... Man, put that bitch on last. Fuck it. In with, yeah. in with big meaty, big meaty women, big titties, slapping titties. <laughs> I mean, you could easily go with the the Charlotte Becker, Rousey, uh, Belair as the opener. That would hype the crowd. Well, so. I don't know how many house shows you guys have gone to for WWE, but on the house show circuit, that match, Charlotte, Becky, Ronda, Charlotte, whatever, however the mix of, would have been the match to go to intermission on. Mm-hmm. To send send the crowd yeah. into to um, on a high to mm-hmm. ready for the second second half. Yeah, but all in all, I enjoyed that booking. Uh, beats ours <laughs> by a yeah. long way. Yeah, <laughs> more, more effort in it. <laughs> I haven't I, so I haven't heard the show from last week. I've been you you guys know I've been mm-hmm. crazy busy. And I owe y'all my my card, which I'll give eventually. I haven't finished it yet because I've never had the chance. But I'm scared because I've already heard a lot of the feedback of people that yeah, just you two had, uh, going at each other. I'm pretty scared to listen to it. I mean, I did a spreadsheet. That's that's how hardcore I went into this. My boy to... uploaded the spreadsheet with the podcast. Like you're not <laughs> because... <be> reading material. <laughs> it needed. It was so convoluted. It need. It. Need, I had rules. I had rules that had to be applied. So, yeah. <laughs> Max said Dan, Dan's opener is too convoluted. Here's a spreadsheet for my show. <laughs> <laughs> But we, Paul and I both kind of tried to butter you up as well. We both had Roman winning the whole damn thing. He was the, the one guy at the end of the show, especially after a, a few weeks ago when you were so disgusted with my treatment of the big dog. For I'd, I'll do something nice for him, then don't even rock up to the show. That's well, how... I appreciate that, but also the sky is always going to be blue regardless so like some <laughs> things are always going to happen roman is always going to be acknowledged sooner mm-hmm. or later so well, man, you, booked... you... i'm sorry go ahead go ahead Paul. yeah well, we actually booked the, the same main event who do you think we uh we both put roman up against in our yeah. cards man the one everyone everybody wants to see is him and okada there you go <laughs> that's what everybody wants to see <laughs> see three we would have all gone for that then i think you should put. We should do Roman versus Okada in a sixty-minute match because neither one of them ever take a loss. Yeah. So yeah. Iron Man match. Just, just Superman punching spear versus uh, versus <laughs> reencounter over and over and over and over again. <laughs> that would be fantastic, though, especially now that they're a little older, mm-hmm. and they've kind of they had to, they both had that kind of awkward phase they had to get out yeah. of, and now like. You know, they yeah. This would be fantastic. This would be the moment, wouldn't it? This this would be the the sweet spot to do that match. Is a possible Roman Okada match 
Companies be damned. The biggest possible wrestling match in the world from a drawing standpoint. Or well, is it think, still Roman Rock? I think we asked that um, um, in a roundabout way. Um, clearly, Okada is one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the best wrestler. Um, the issue is that is he is he that well known outside the hardcore wrestling fans uh, that we see on 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 wrestling Twitter? I don't think he is. I think Rock is a massive name. Rock people who've never watched wrestling know who the Rock is, and I think that just shows how big of a draw he is. Uh, but as as uh, kind of more knowledgeable wrestling fans, we would rather see Okada versus. Uh, Roman than Rock versus Roman. I think it matters where it is. If this match would have happened in America, it had to be Rock because mm-hmm. Okada would be a big time star. But they, you know, we'd look at him like another Nakamura. And with all respect to Shinsuke and his legendary status, that he is Okada's way higher up on the totem. But if we would have this match, say in the Tokyo Dome, and Roman were to go over, or Ali Pali. Right, I don't. I don't know what that is, but I'm trying to say sure. Right, Just the offense to to the mecca of British wrestling. It's the home of darts. Yeah, is it in the black country? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshop.com. But no, just imagine if Roman was sent to the Tokyo Dome to face Okada and the network simultaneously streamed it along with New Japan World. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that 60, however many people can, this Tokyo Dome can fill and all the possible buys they would get or they would sell out on a pay-per-view, that, like, I, that may slightly be the closest thing. Mm-hmm. And imagine the rub that New Japan would get from being on, on, the, on the network. Uh, I, like I said, we, we are more knowledgeable fans, but the majority of wrestling fans, they, they know WWE. WWE is wrestling. Imagine seeing New Japan on WWE programming and just the the kind of overflow of of, of viewers that they get from that. Yeah, that will that would be phenomenal. It would be it would be incredible. I, I think I think I think Rock and Roman's the biggest thing. Rock, Rock and Roman is is a hundred thousand in a stadium if you've got one big enough to do that. Yeah. So is so is Rock and Brack apparently if you pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Not Rock and Brack, Roman and Brack or whatever. Um, okay, so then, outside, if retired wrestlers don't 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 count, or non regular wrestlers don't count, so you can't bring back Cena, can't bring back Rock, can't bring back Taker, can't you? Anoki can't wrestle. Like you can't do this anymore. What's the what's the biggest match we can make? In terms of getting viewers, it's been made. In terms of getting viewers, what what, what Rock Brock? I mean Roman Brock? Yeah. Okay. I'd I'd agree with that. Really, Brock is, Brock is the biggest name in wrestling, the biggest mainstream name 
currently in wrestling now. Hmm. Do you not think? No, I I know. Well, yeah, I, clearly he is, and especially now that he's decided to like be likable for once. Like, we, <laughs> see, this may be the best ever version of Brock. Definitely, no, close, no, yeah. I mean we are Brock stands on the show. Yeah, but not this, even close. yeah, <laughs> this this may be the very best version of Brock. I love yeah. this version. The the I mean the the you can see he's just having fun. You can see it all over his face that he's loving, loving the work he's doing. Yeah. My, my, my boy calling in the radio shows, dog. Like, he's talking about his favorite friend is Monica. Like, he, what is going <laughs> on? And never in his career has he ever done that for WWE. Never. Never done the promotion but, thing. But, Paul, tell me if I'm wrong. Everybody gets to the point where they just don't give a fuck no more. And it is what it is at this point, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Brock then got to a point. Have you heard the story about why he wears a ponytail? No. no. So the reason he has the ponytail is because his kids cut his hair. And they're all like, Dad, I bet you won't wear a ponytail. He was like, shit. I have, I have heard Brock it, yeah. fucking Lesnar, don't wear a ponytail. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. What, um, what's great about this being everyone's favorite Brock is when they turn Brock heel again at some point, it'll be it'll, the, it'll hit. the biggest it'll, heel again. It'll hit because mm-hmm. people will be devastated at losing this Brock. Yeah, you can't be loved until you're hated, and you can't be hated until you're loved. It's mm-hmm. very yeah. in line. I, I have I have one one match that I will counter Brock Brock Roman with, and now we're counting of a, a proper build, right? We're not talking just cold. Because we're just talking like put two people together. Yeah, Roman Brock's probably it. I think a full legitimate build of a babyface Becky Lynch and a heel Ronda Rousey could do it. Okay. Like a proper yeah. three to six month build. Get, you know, have one of my have Becky or Ronda show up on Fallon or something like to tonight, like really build it. I think that might do it. I mean, they did have that until they had to strong arm Charlotte Flair into the mix. Hello, Charlotte. <laughs> no, to to be fair, she massively deserved to be in that match anyway for for what she'd done for the women's uh, division. But yeah, um, I think you you're right in terms of um, of spectacle. I still just think that Brock has more mainstream appeal than than Ronda and Becky does. He does, but what hurts that match to me, and I'm I'm a I'm a big. I'm behind it. I'm for it. I hate the winner take all, but like I'm for this match, and I was against it until they 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 hooked me in. What hurts it is we've seen Roman and Brock a million times, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what I think takes the luster off of it because Rock Cena one was one was the most anticipated match since Hogan Rock, right? It was because nobody ever expected it to happen. Rock Cena 2 wasn't looked at as fondly as Rock Cena 1, and it was a better match, but because we had seen it already. Yeah. Sean Taker, 25. Everybody look forward to it. Sean Taker 2, sorry, is the better match by a mile, but people look at the first one fondly because that was the first time they saw it. The second one, they've seen it already. So, you know, that hurts matches sometimes, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think there's two issues at, at play with this. One, 
they're trying to make Brock versus Roman the 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 new version of of Rock versus Austin. That kind of feud that will always keep circling back around the career feud. And then the second issue is there isn't even when Rock and and, and Austin were around, there were stars who were close to their level. Now it's Brock and Roman and then everybody else underneath. They are so above everybody else on, on the roster that it is the go-to match. It is the WrestleMania match. I don't know if I fully agree with that. I, your oh, point is... I, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on point with your reasoning. Your reasoning is sound and solid. I just don't fully... Am I tripping, Paul? I, I I agree with Max. I think, and I think it's intentional. I don't think it's the it's this. Oh, they haven't built new stars nonsense. I think it's intentional. They've created two gods, and they oh. know they they can go to, they can go to them for WrestleMania after WrestleMania if they want to, and people will buy it. Roman is in God mode right now. So yes, I acknowledge that your point is correct right now because Roman is on another stratosphere. Roman is Bruno San Martino, right? Roman is the is the is the Samoan Bruno right now. Give you that, but man, Seth Rollins and and at the time before he before he got put in the tag team, Big E and Bobby Lashley, like these guys, Drew McIntyre, these guys are like right next to them. They're just right. AJ Styles, Edge. I am not. I am not for one second saying they are not. They are the two most talented wrestlers, and they are above uh, everyone else in terms of talent. I just mean in star power. You think WWE, you think Brock Lesnar, you you think Roman Reigns. They're the breakout stars. They are the people who, who non wrestling fans know. I think non wrestling fans don't know Biggie. Non wrestling fans don't know Seth Rollins. But well, some of them do. But they know Randy Orton. They know Edge. Yeah, I mean, there there is obviously going to be other stars, but. If you look back at, uh, okay, at the okay. Attitude Era, there it, there were six, eight, ten people who could at, at any time be world champion. It looks legitimate. Now, I, I struggle to see that many who who would be champion and, and be the face of the company. I don't. I don't believe anyone can beat Brock or Roman, other than the other, other than each other. Fucking Bobby Lashley just beat him in January. What you talking about? <laughs> yeah, but it needed Roman. up shoulder. It yeah. needed Roman to chip in for for Bobby to be okay. Brock. That's fair. Has Stone Cold ever lost the title clean? Um, has The Rock ever lost the title clean? I mean, I think The Rock has. I don't recently. I... Yes, back in the Attitude Era, has he ever lost the title clean? No, I I, I get that. I'm I'm but... not I'm not presenting presenting it as a criticism. Like I no, said, I, absolutely I, not. No, I think I think it's intentionally been built that those those two are the only two right now who could beat each other, and I, if they if they want someone else to beat them, they're gonna have to introduce a weakness or a flaw to one of their characters, which they'll do. I agree with that, but I, but I guess my argument is, and maybe because hindsight we look at it differently, my argument is it was the exact same with Austin and Rock. Yeah, Taker was up there. Yeah, Foley was up there. Yeah, Hunter was up there, and before Sean was a measuring stick before he got hurt. I'm talking post. Sean injury, right? Mm-hmm. Post was at fourteen WrestleMania fourteen. Yeah, you know, Kurt was up there, and everybody beat each other. But ultimately, 
Rock and Austin were on their own stratosphere. Same <laughs> here. Drew McIntyre beat Brock clean in five minutes. Bobby okay. Lashley's been a champion three times, right? AJ Styles has, has given both of these guys, you know, as much as they can take. I just think because we look at it, I, I, I it's just there's I don't know what it is about our minds and nostalgia that doesn't allow us to see things currently. And I'm, this is an assumption. I'm not trying to say anything about you guys or anybody personally. But well, it I'm feels like... it as a, a personal attack. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's just to me, and I, I hear this all the time, and I see this all the time, and Twitter messages or, or, or posts or all this, where our mind, and not just about wrestling, but everything, our minds won't doesn't seem to allow us as, as individuals or as people to allow us to see the things that are happening currently on the same wavelength or level as things that happened in the past. So if we're having the same conversation, it's, it's, this is in 2022, we're having the same conversation in, in 2037, I guarantee you, you'll say, well, yeah, the same thing. But because right now it feels different because we're living through it. But okay. if, you asked, mm-hmm. if you asked young Magsy and young, and young Tali in 1998, you'd be like, well, nobody could ever beat Austin The Rock. Because they couldn't. Yeah. That's, that's that's great. I, I like that. I I I like world champions for two three years at a time. I I like that kind of wrestling. I want my champions to be. I want it to be like a rare thing that someone becomes a champion. And I like the Bruno Sammartinos and the Hulk Hogan's and Roman Reigns. Now that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And and I, you make a lot of great points. And you always do, Ray. I will always give you your flowers for for bringing knowledge and sense to to, to conversations, but nice. I do have a counterpoint. <laughs> okay, so think back, Attitude Era. What was Austin's longest defining run as champion? No, you're right. Austin didn't, didn't have one. Didn't but have Austin one. was... But okay. Austin was beefing with the boss. He wasn't beefing with like the regular dude. He was beefing with the dude who signed the checks. So what was The Rock's longest defining runner's champion? You're right. Can I counter you with your counter? I haven't finished. I'm I sorry. need to get this point out. Yes, so sir. he didn't have one. Didn't have no, one. Neither did. No. Okay. Let's come forward. Mm-hmm. Um, has Brock had a, a long... Meaningful run with oh, with multiple. a title. Multiple. Every title yeah. reign has been damn there. Yeah. Um, Roman has now, he had a? Yes. Oh. Not before this. Not mm. before this. So go look at the numbers the, now. The, yes, but before this, no. I I agree. But the two people right now, who are who I believe are head and shoulders above all of the rest, have had record breaking title runs. The two people who I'm comparing them to from from the golden era of the attitude didn't have that. They were trading those titles time and time again. And I think that is a, a very salient point to show just how much stock is in Brock and Roman right now. I have one more counter for you in there. <laughs> counters for counters for counters. It's like watching a Daniel Bryan match. We're chain wrestling, baby. Yeah. Um... So back, let's, let's 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 venture back in the way back machine to 1998 and go back to this attitude era we all love so much mm-hmm. that you so eloquently brought up. And your point, I can't counter anything you said. Everything you said is, fa- is factual. 
But I have one more question for you. Uh, how many world titles were there back then? That's also very true. See, now you can have one dude hold a title for 500 days, okay. and the other title can still be moving, moving, and moving. How back big then, were the rosters? How big how said many men were? I said they're comparable. Really? Yeah. Go look at really? the numbers. They're not comparable. Yeah. Now that they've released like the whole state of Rhode Island, yes. I mean, you're talking about Raw in 1998 being two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, no SmackDown until 2000. Mm-hmm. Now you have Raw three hours, SmackDown mm-hmm. two hours, fat, double the amount, double and a, and a half the amount of time. I don't well, think the rosters are anywhere near comparable. The rosters are extremely comparable if you take away the women. That's what loads it up. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can counter that. The the women's roster was very threadbare back then. That's that's fair, but. Yeah, I still think there is a lot more male wrestlers now than there were back maybe. in, in the Yeah, maybe. Era. But I, I think we massively overestimate how many people are on the main roster in terms of numbers okay. because of the the num- because Raw is like as long as a workday. You know, we'd be thinking that <laughs> they got like 150 people in that bitch. It's really only like 40 people. And they book like. I mean, they have got they have got 150. It's just 110 of them are sat in catering, waiting to do something. (laughs) Let's go performance center. (laughs) I can't even remember what question we're trying to answer. (laughs) What's the original question? I I suppose whether Brock and Roman are this generation's Austin and and Rock, which are they? Their head and shoulders above everybody else. And and then yes, I think they are. I don't think that's. That's an unequivocal yes. I In terms think, of wrestling, I don't believe they are. I don't believe they're the no. two best wrestlers on but the other Booking and draws, yeah. Yeah, in drawing, I think that they are. And I, I unequivocal agreement. I just, I, there's no counter. I just think that in the, in the same respect and sense that in the Attitude Era or the Ruth Discretion Era, there were two guys, and then Cena and Batista or Cena and Orton, whoever you want to give the second guy with Cena to. Mm-hmm. The other people punk. around were super close. Punk, right? That's a great point. Yes, especially at a certain point. Jeff Hardy at one point. Yeah. Um, the other guys around are just as close. I think it's the same here. I just think we're in the middle of. If we would have, if we would have said that in 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 nineteen eighty in nineteen seventy five when Bruno was like in year three of year eight of an eight year run, we'd be like, hey, that Pedro Morales kid is like just as good as Bruno. We people would be like, you stupid. Yeah, I mean, I get that. You've got to, you've got to eventually make the stars. You've got to give them a chance to to with the the top belt. And WWE have been doing that. They did it with with Drew. They've done it with uh, with with Bobby, even though Bobby should have had the title a decade ago. Um, so I, I do concede that point. Um, but I still believe that if you are looking to book your biggest card of the wrestling calendar. It's hard to look past uh, Roman versus Brock because so, there's nothing bigger. There's no bigger match for me. Not even Shota Minu versus Go Shiozaki? Whoa, that, that's <laughs> well, dick teasing. That is definitely <laughs> dick teasing. Maybe, maybe um, in a few years. No, I, I, I think oh, we, we, were, we, we were saying we can't use the rock, weren't we? Well, I, I, I was just here. We all said Rock Roman, I think, because Rock is the biggest movie star on Earth. Big star, not movie star, mm-hmm. star on Earth. I was I was saying if you take away 
the part-timers or the uh, non-regulars and just the regular everyday Monday through Friday roster. And yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. It's got to be Brock. It's got to be Brock Roman. Yeah. Yeah. I think the caveat is though, I don't think Brock and Roman draws as highly as it would have done in the past. I'd agree with that. And I don't think yeah. that's, well, I, th- I think the fact that they've done it multiple times is, is, is a factor, but I think more of a factor is Brock isn't a rarity anymore. Yeah. And I think Pardon? when you look at Hogan versus Rock, Hogan was a rarity at that point. Rock versus Cena, Rock was a rarity at that point. I think, I think that rarity factor, you know, puts another t- 10, 15,000 tickets on sale. Yeah, I mean, that is a good point. Uh, but I think there's also a counter to that, that when we've seen Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania before, um, I don't think the two characters are, are quite the same. Roman, he he is so... His, his, his character arc since he last faced Brock at, at, at WrestleMania, as, as, uh, as Ray said, he's become a god. He's become he's become the Brock in this situation. He's the unbeatable one. It's almost like Brock is the underdog. Um, so there's a I think there's a really interesting kind of uh, change in that momentum, which it for me makes the match feel a bit fresher, even though it's something that we have seen multiple Absolutely. times. You know the one thing about Roman and Brock at a WrestleMania, or any time they've they've wrestled or been against each other, is they've never had a good story. Mm-hmm. They've never had a story that was like, damn, that's good. The first time it was, well, the young kid won the Royal Rumble. He's going to chase this guy, and this guy decided to resign. Then it was, yeah, well, you know, I want the title. You want the title. We're both big badasses. Let's go at it. There's never been a story. Now, man, they tell, they're telling Shakespeare with this shit. Paul Heyman and the the love triangle and the Usos and, and Brock loving the fans all of a sudden and showing vulnerability for the first time and Losing because of, it's like it's so nuanced and layered now in a way that it never was before. If you were, you guys know me well, I was adamant. I never wanted to see them in the same damn shot again after WrestleMania 34. Mm-hmm. I was done. Never. I'm, you, I'm, look, that's it. I'm done. Now, I'm actually excited about the match. I hate to stip, but like I'm, I'm here for it. And they've won me over because they've done such great storytelling and. Roman is a perfect mixture of like peak level honky tonk man and like oh, Jesus. That there's no way that that's not a dig. I wasn't I wasn't expe- I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> of, of all of the wrestlers to go to, you went with the honky tonk man. You need to elaborate. He's he's a perfect mixture of peak he's level. He's cool. He's cocky. He's bad. <laughs> I love the music. Yes, peak, le- peak level honky tonk man. And like the and like the biggest badass heel that always fights out you know, I was gonna say Voldemort because like even as a heel he was never chicken shit. But like I, what I, my point is, Roman can be so chicken shit and say I've run away from every fight, but does it in a way where he never loses his seat. The Usos are gonna get beat up fifteen times a match and about twenty five times a night. Not counting their own match that they're in, because they're still the tag champs, by the way, if you're not paying attention. They're still tag champs. Paul Heyman's got to scream and beg, and they hey, they got to go through all this cacophony of people, big word, to get to Roman, and then he's gonna just walk away, right? Mm-hmm. But then he'll also say, "I'll fight you straight up," 
it's such a weird dichotomy because in WWE it's one or the other. Either yeah. you a badass or you're the Miz. Yeah, it, he's it, both. It, his character is, is very layered, very very layered. Yeah. Um, I've i absolutely loved this chat and um, brilliant. I, yeah, I think what we what we should actually do is stick a pin in our topic for this week because we've, we've shot an hour, essentially an hour, just going over a WrestleMania kind of preview almost. So, um, What was um, the topic, by the way? Even better. So you can actually, maybe if you're around next week, you can uh, you can give your views on it. So the topic that we were going to cover was uh, what if Owen hadn't passed away? How would the... How would Ooh. the wrestling landscape be? What would his career panned out to be? Um, yeah, that that kind of uh, topic. So yeah, I think we should put a pin in that. Uh, but I do want to kind of bookend this episode um, because Paul and I opened with giving our thoughts on the the tragic news of uh, of, um, of uh, Scott Hall's passing. Um, so I think it'd be um, it'd be cool to to hear, to end the show with with your views on. On uh, Razor Ramon and his his untimely uh, passing, Ray. Well, I appreciate that. Um, first off, I need to give respect and deference to my partner in crime, um, one of my best friends, Carl from the Outsiders Edge, outside of Carl Kerman, mm-hmm. as you may know him, because that is legitimately his hero. Like, so uh, I always give deference to Carl when I think about Scott, because I know what that what he means to him personally yeah and more than anybody i know like he wasn't just a scott hall mark or scott hall fan like i said scott hall at one point was his hero right um we all have our favorite wrestlers and we all have people we look up to but what scott meant to him was something more than just your standard favorite wrestler um it's also interesting i mentioned him because my show is called the outsider's edge and the reason my show is called the outsider's edge and like in kayfabe is because when we started the show, we were kind of like the two guys on Lords of Pain at the time or wrestling headlines now that veered away from the mainstream topics and did different things and kind of got ostracized for it a bit. So we said, fuck it, let's just team up and be renegades in this bitch. And but also because we looked up so heavily to Scott and Kevin and who they were and what they did and what they stood for. And, uh, you know, the fact that you know, nothing's more important than the business. And like, I got a whole bunch of friends. I don't need more friends and stuff like that. Although I love people, but it was me and him against the world. Right. Quite literally at that point. Um, and so we, we gave reference and deference to them and, and kind of borrowed their moniker. And, you know, mm-hmm. that was in 2012. Here it is 2022. And it's a fully fledged show. We've had extra people, Shout out to Kyle, who's become another outsider. I, I love him to call him the X-Pac of the group. <laughs> and but, and I, I absolutely love Kyle as well. He's a, a, a genuine superstar. I, yeah, that's truly my, my little brother. I, I love him dearly. One of my best friends, and both of them. When I think of, when I think of Scott, um, the, the, the reason I'm a professional wrestling fan, or a sports entertainment, or whatever you call it, is because of the NWO. The first thing I ever saw of, of live wrestling, because I'd seen tons of tapes from Houston Wrestling and The Missing Link and Dick, Dirty Dick Murdoch and all these people. I'd seen Ric Flair back. I'd seen all that. It's cool, but it wasn't now. The first thing I ever saw was the NWO beat up 
the giant in 1996. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was hooked. My grandpa, both my grandparents, but especially my grandfather was a big wrestling fan. Um, and so he got me into it and I saw that and kept going. But the guy that always caught my eye was Scott. Scott and Kevin together, but Scott in particular. And the reason being, I don't think we've ever seen a wrestler who exuded cool as much as Scott did. There was something about him that set him apart from everybody else. I used to, true story, until maybe two years ago, every time I got a toothpick, I had to get a second and put it behind my ear because of Scott. Like, and I wasn't even thinking about it, just subconsciously. You know what I mean? When I walked through doors for the longest time, I did the surfer walk. You know, like, it's it, the thing that you think of, because it's so cool. I used to, I'm a black dude, so clearly I don't have straight hair, but I used to, like, really hate people who have ponytails because I wanted the little one string down the middle of my forehead because he just looked so cool. I wanted a beard all my life because I, I wanted a 5 o'clock shadow like Scott. Like everything about him was so cool. I don't have chest hair, but I wanted to have the chest hair because of Scott and you know I, I'm a Shawn Michaels mark because of those guys. Mm -hmm. So everything Scott did was so cool. And then he was so clever in the ring. He did things so differently. And then as you get older and get into the behind the scenes of it, and you realize that he's behind damn there's half the things that happened in that time. He's behind the NWO. He's behind Crow Sting. He's behind this. He's behind that. And you're like, wait a minute. This motherfucker's a genius. Mm -hmm. So, and then at the same time, you find out about his addictions and his um, inequities and things that he had to deal with with his demons and whatnot. And it just made you love the guy more because you wanted to see him, love him through it. So Scott means the world to me as a person. He means the world to me as a wrestler. He means the world to me as somebody I've looked up to and loved and followed. My in 96, I was eight. So literally my whole, my whole life, I'm 33 now, so 25 years of my life. Um, he's a big part of the reason of why I think about wrestling the way I think about it, why I perceive it the way I perceive it. Why I look for the things I look for in wrestling is because I've listened to so many Scott Hall interviews or Scott Hall um, shoots or things of that nature. Um, and, you know, I ex it's the worst thing in the world is for someone to die when you don't expect it. Had this happened 10 years ago, we'd all be sad, but we wouldn't be heartbroken because like we all would have expected it. And I know that sounds very callous and I don't mean for it to, but facts are like my man was slowly trying to kill himself forever mm -hmm. and thank god for dallas page and jake and all the people who just helped him get himself shout out to wwe who let that man go to rehab on the dime like 20 times whatever it was he finally kind of beat his demons for the most part and was able to come back and do some things get in the hall of fame have the spot at wrestlemania 31 take a bump you know um so it hurts that much more because, you know, he was getting, he, he had made a relationship with his son again, Cody, and he had gotten back into wrestling and he had given back to the thing that he loved so much and that had been so good to him. And he was kind of reaching that second part of his life that I know he never thought he would see. 
and then you know so ultimately um my heart hurts for his family god my heart hurts for kevin and for sean and for hunter and and for Pac. um and and i'm even gonna say you know uh the the other smaller click members like uh just incredible and the people who loved him like that i my heart goes out to him because he was so good to him and all i can i can just i, I know the first person to meet him at the gates is kurt henning ready to like rib the shit out of him you know and louis louis piccoli somewhere ready to pack his take bring his bags in to heaven and i i, I know it's it's super sad and it's terrible that it happened the way it did but sometimes man these things gotta happen like this for you to like really appreciate shit because we're not an appreciate we're not an appreciative people in general you know we go through our regular rigmarole of our lives and we kind of go on autopilot and don't think about the things that are important all the time you know all three of us are parents. So yeah, we see our kids and we're thankful for our kids. But I guarantee you, if your kid gets sick, instantly you you have a different appreciation for it and something flips in your mind and goes into protective mode. And maybe we should be more appreciative in those like that in those situations because it shouldn't take for a 63-year-old dude to have botched hip surgery and three heart attacks for us to be like, Damn, we love us some Razor Ramon. Shouldn't take that. You know what I mean? Um, You're absolutely right. But rest in peace, rest in power to Scott. Uh, yeah, I know they won't be listening to this, but in the odd chance they do, Kev, Click, we are with you guys. I'm a praying man. If you're not a praying man, which is completely fine, man, pull one up. Put one in the air, get some good vibes, whatever it is you do, throw up, throw up, throw up the wolf pack, whatever it is you do, and uh give these guys some love because like I saw a tweet earlier and Jake Roberts was like, he had to tweet out and, and tell people like, I'm fine. I'm not answering the phone because I don't want to talk. I'm not relapsing. You know, be, but people know how this is affecting him. Dallas. I can't imagine how this is affecting Dallas. Um yeah, man, just Love to all these guys. Sometimes you have to remember these guys literally make their living off of killing themselves to entertain us. You know, and just because we give them money doesn't mean that it's the same thing as appreciation or respect. And I, we could do better. Absolutely, it's a shame he didn't see the he didn't see the reaction that's been online over the last two days because I, I can't remember seeing one so overwhelmingly positive. Brody. That's the only other one. Brody, yeah. Yeah, that's the only one I could think. And and Brody had it from 10 years of wrestling. We're talking about Scott since, like, the 80s. You know? Mm-hmm. So Scott's, like, literally helped three generations of wrestlers. That's Think about that. Three and, generations. Yeah. And and his importance to to wrestling can never, ever be overestimated. He, he, as I said earlier in the show, he was pivotal in dragging wrestling, kicking and screaming into the most profitable era that it, it, it had ever seen at that time. He, uh, he brought it into the mainstream. He, and as you said so eloquently, 
he oozed coolness. He was the coolest, coolest motherfucker on the planet. And he only had to say two words and he would get a hundred thousand people popping. Hey yo. There we go. He's just can, yeah. Can I say one more thing reverse? I forgot about this. one more thing. As a black dude, Scott and then eventually Kevin and Pac were the first mainstream white guys I ever saw to embrace hip hop. They were the ones wearing FUBU, shouting out rap lyrics. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you and it you know, and they, they were you they idolized Pac and would say Pac stuff. Uh um, Waltman will wear Notorious or, or Thug on his on his singlets and stuff. Wearing wearing um, uh, bandanas, stuff like the that. Bandana. And it was yeah. just, it's just cool to see that because you know this is in the the height of the West Coast East Coast beef. I don't know if you guys know about that, but I'm sure you've heard <laughs> about it. And but it's just cool to see someone care enough about your culture to like give it some love. And the joke all the time is that. There are people who are Hispanic, especially Cuban, who still don't know Scott Hall and Cuban. But he gets a pass because he was so cool. Nobody cared, you know? So, yeah, all love to Scott, man, and his family. Absolutely. Um, what a fitting way to, to end this episode. Um, Paul, try and fight back the tears, sir, and, and deliver us an outro. I don't want to take much gloss off that because, uh, as you say, it was a, was a, was a fitting end. So we'll, we'll get through this quickly. Go over onto Twitter. Follow us at PodFatherMags, at It's Ray Cash. Fantastic to have him back this week. Perf- Love having you back, man. Perfect timing as well. Perfect yeah, timing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm at Rain Counter. We're all over at Badlands Pod. Um, if you want to catch next week's episode, which is the, the now delayed Owen Hart episode, um, go over to your podcast provider of choice. Find uh, Cheershot Radio Network and subscribe and you'll get loads of other fantastic um not just wrestling podcasts lots lots of different podcasts over there all throughout your week so it's the the best the best subscribe you could possibly do um head over to the chairshot.com for your hard hitting pro wrestling news and opinion go over to pro wrestling tees forward slash the chairshot to pick up some threads for the summer um Thanks, Dan, for giving us a lot of a lot of the Dan Griffin for a lot of the uh, lot of the material for this week. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you next week. We can't can't wait. Um, until then, stay safe. Always use your head. Too sweet. Too sweet. In my lifetime, I've learned. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do.
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.